0: <laughs> Ready to move into serious stuff now that I'm thoroughly in the camp of the campy and comical. Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my host, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. What can we do to help make the world we live in a more consensual place? How can we reduce the immense damage suffered by humans daily? Sar Cermic, the marriage and family counselor who was the director of the Consent Academy for quite a while and still teaches for them, joins us today to chat about ideas on how to do that. Let's try and pick one thing that he suggests that sounds doable for us and try to practice it in our lives together. Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Sar Cermic. Um, a marriage and family therapist, previous director of the Consent Academy, current teacher for the Consent Academy. Sorry, use see he, him, and she, her pronouns. And uh, yeah, I, that you know, we have a relatively short introduction for you, Sar. I, I, it's nice, yeah. as, as Sattler and Waldorf would say, it was short. I loved it. <laughs> short, I loved it. <laughs> it's good to be back, Victor. <laughs> awesome. So I was thinking about this: what do we do about consent and all the um, and, and just how we're so mired in. You know this organic evolution of culture from you know a culture that still, in some ways, glorifies non-consensual behavior and finds ways of victim-shaming, like you know the poor, poor because, and all of these rhetorics and uh, yeah, yeah. narratives about about why certain people have to endure and other people get a lot more free agency and choice in society. To try and get from there to this idea of a consensual world is more than just complicated. It's it's confusing, I think, for a lot of people, and there's a lot of that cognitive dissonance of what they believe personally about the world. And I I can very much see that stopping us easily getting to a world that's far more consensual. So I'm, I'm curious what suggestions you might have for us, but what do we do now about trying to live in a more consensual world, and what can we do in our current society to try and make small steps? Yeah,
1: I think... I mean, it's not an easy. There's no one answer, um, and I think it's like any social movement. It, it requires a whole bunch of different types of folks pushing in different areas. Um, right. So we need we need the activists. We need the people who are willing to shout from the rooftops, mobilize people, like create collective action. Like, like this is important. This whatever bad behavior needs to stop. Uh, and then we need the the legislatures. The people who Work behind the scenes to create and change law that give us the underpinnings of the structure that our world exists in. So lawmakers and politicians. That one's going to take some time because, let's face it, at least in my country, most of our lawmakers and politicians are not only... Old, the majority of them are men and white men and very entrenched in the system that brought them to power
0: mm-hmm.
1: which as we discussed a couple of episodes ago was like that system was based in a time that focused on a lot less agency and autonomy mm-hmm. for certain groups of society mm-hmm. So there is a degree of which the change in culture is going to require a whole new crop of lawmakers and politicians at the local level, the state level, the province level, you know, the country level. And finding that space, unfortunately we'll have to wait for some people to retire, whether they retire to do other things or they die. And, and that's, that's part of the way societies work. Like, sometimes you have to wait for the old guard to shuffle off their mortal coil. Sure, pass in order the baton. To create, yeah. yeah, in order to create real change. And then I think the third group that we need to create that change are educators. Um, I am biased in that. I've been an educator <laughs> my whole life. Uh, or at least my whole working life. Uh, I started off as a seventh-grade English teacher. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, long, long, long ago. <laughs> uh, but I've been I've been teaching, and so I have a bias for I have a bias for education. I think people who have good information make better decisions. It's my belief and my philosophy. And, you know, so we need people who can teach. And across the different areas, we need people who can teach in kindergartens and grade schools and high schools. We need people who can teach in corporate culture, in the businesses and the, uh, you know, the work culture, yeah. We need people who can teach other social movements and other social organizations about consent so they can incorporate consent into their social movement, uh, whatever that movement is. And that's, you know, obviously, given my introduction, that's where I chose to go. Like mm-hmm. that's my, it's my bias. It's my go-to place. I love to teach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I went out and found a whole bunch of other people who love to teach and we got together and made an organization that teaches people. Uh, having those other places that address the the legal side of things, having activists who are out there pushing the social Culture, rather through social media, or collective action, or whichever way, mm-hmm. um, like those are vitally important to building consent culture. Uh, but it's a it's kind of a
0: three legged stool. Mm-hmm. Right? You need all three of those pillars in order to make change effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Not that that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Uh... So what sorts of things can individuals do at an individual level? Because obviously there's more of like a structural social change that's sort of very slowly taking place in certain industries. And, you know, we're, we're seeing these effective changes happening in, you know, rather than legislation makers and policy makers in smaller scales. Mm-hmm. So like certain intentional communities, even whole industries like, uh, Um, There's, of course, been the whole Me Too movement, um, which, you know, there's been the whole Harvey Weinstein case in Hollywood. And there's been like a really different approach to um, hopefully, um, certainly a a different approach to awareness, if not an approach to functioning in Hollywood. And I think those sorts of microclimates can foster examples of how consent can work for in our current society for larger groups of people. And I'm curious what the individual examples would look like. Sure. So if you can think of, yeah.
1: Um, I can, and now my brain is like, where do I start? Um, (laughs) Let's start at the base level, which is, as an individual, you can practice consent in your own life. Be more consensual with people. Hold your boundaries with people. Um, If there are things you don't know, or like I say to yourself, I could never do that. Go take a class about how to do that. um, So we start with just the interpersonal level. Go and be a more consensual person and also communicate with other people that consent is important to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Tiny little ripples. If you're a parent, teach your children about their own body autonomy. Let them know they can consent
0: to their physical space. Right, You don't have to hug grandma if you don't want you to. You don't have to
1: hug grandma. You don't <laughs> have to hug mom or dad if mm-hmm. you don't want to. Um, you, know, you don't have to apologize if you're not sorry, but then let's talk about why you're not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, teach your kids, talk to your friends, you know, be more consensual with your aging parents. Build consent into your own life. So that's that's the interpersonal level. And take a step up from that into the group level, and I would say the, one of the easiest things, the best things people can do, is to ask a bunch of questions. Like, is this policy consensual? is this other person being consensual? Is my company acting in a consensual way? Bring the discourse onto a a higher level. Um, And you can do that in a lot of different ways. It it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go to my boss and risk my job. Right. right. Now you can do that. More power to you. Hopefully you have a nice boss. (laughs) <laughs> but even things like is this thing I'm consuming consensual?
0: Mm-hmm. Um Do I purchase know, content that's consensual?
1: Yeah. You know, am I am I purchasing content from creators who are speaking about consent? Am I following people who are have consent? Like if you're watching pornography, is it is it pornography that isn't exploiting its workers? Right. And even better, is it pornography that is... Promoting consent. Promoting consensual interactions. You're going to have to look really hard. There's a very very (laughs) little of it out there um, right now. But we want to change that. Right. Right. And so one of the ways to change that is to vote with your pocketbook. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know... Support politicians that talk about consensual behavior. Support actors and CEOs and people who don't violate other
0: people's consent on a regular basis. Sure. The bar is so low, you may trip coming into the room. Yes. Uh, And then
1: finally, on the intrapersonal level, Mm -hmm. within yourself, question the biases and assumptions you have about the way the world works, about what you learned growing up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and ask yourself, is this the way I want to be? Ask yourself, is this the type of person that feels right to me? Whether that's a person who has difficulty listening to other people's no's, Mm -hmm. or perhaps a person who has difficulty saying no, and setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, just to ask yourself, like, what is what is better? What is? It doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to be a huge change. Like, I'm not saying go, like, live in the forest by yourself for six months and find, you know, find yourself. Sure. Um, I'm like, what's one tiny thing you can do to make it better? And if each and every one of us did that. Right. And we did it, that one tiny thing every day. Yeah.
0: You know, it, it, it makes it makes a difference, yeah.
1: It makes a difference.
0: And I think even if just individuals start doing that and it isn't each and every one of us at first, you know, just having those role models for kids to look at and go, Oh, that's a really cool idea. I want to be more like that. Yeah.
1: Hmm. If you're a content creator, include consent in your content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're an educator, ask your students for consent before you do something. It, it seems like when you say it directly, it seems simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're so used to doing things in a certain way that we struggle.
0: Yeah, for sure. And there are going to be those situations where you're dealing with a child where, you know, the, the child does need to do a specific thing, um, like maybe not be in the middle of a roadway. Um, right. And you, you do need to exercise control. And there's still a way of saying like, OK, well, do you want to come off the roadway? <laughs> like, do you want it to be fast or slow? <laughs> like, um, you know, you can still provide some feeling of agency, even in situations that don't have that, where you don't feel like you're permitted to offer the consent you want to offer.
1: Yeah. One of the examples I often use, um,
0: uh,
1: back when I was, uh, working in an internship, um, I had a young boy as a client and we were playing outside and he took off running for a busy street. Mm hmm. And, you know, we're not as therapists generally supposed to grab our clients. Um, But I ran over and I, like, I grabbed him to keep him from going into the street because somebody else had left the gate open. It was a big thing. Anyway, what it's what you do afterwards that counts in that case. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I did have to violate your autonomy
0: hmm
1: and then afterwards after i helped him calm down it's like do you understand like i'm sorry i had to do this i had to do it for your safety like i did it i apologize and there is a reason
0: mm-hmm.
1: that reason doesn't have to change how you feel about it right but i need you to know that it was not arbitrary Right. And with especially with young kids, that's one thing that a parent can do is that when they have to make a choice for their child, like you are getting in the car seat and we are going to school. I know you don't want to. <laughs>
0: right?
1: like, I, I recognize this upsets you and it can upset you. That's fine. But there is a reason. I'm not mm-hmm. just arbitrarily making decisions for you.
0: Mhm.
1: I am acting in my role as a parent. I'm acting in my role as your caregiver. I'm acting in my role as a protector.
0: Mhm.
1: And if you don't like it, we can talk about other choices that can be made before now <laughs> the next time it pops up. Right. Which works as 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 kids get older, they they grow into that
0: uh, cognitive
1: reasoning ability.
0: Right. Not always the easiest to do when you've got a screaming child, but uh a little easier when they're a bit older and they they have yeah. more of that capacity
1: yeah and and recognizing that it is an arc right? everybody has the right to autonomy, no matter what age they are, but it is an arc that we grow into mm-hmm. um, as we develop as we develop our agency right? agency being the thing. That expresses our mm-hmm. autonomy, our ability to uh, create change in the world.
0: So, tell me a little more about the curriculum that you're very hopefully hopefully not very slowly producing, but I get the feeling it will likely be a time intense process. Um, well, <laughs>
1: it's not it's not all that slow. Uh, Wonderful. So the Consent Academy has been around for about five, five, yeah, five and a half years at this point. Um, we just sat down uh, back in twenty twenty one. It's like, okay, so what all the classes do we do ha- do do we have? Like, what's all the curriculum that we have produced? Um, and it came out to something like over eight hundred pages worth. <laughs> wow. Uh, and you can you can find it on our website. We have it listed now. There's like, like here's all the courses that we've already written. Um, and because we do custom work, we're just like there's constantly another thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's constantly like, another group, uh, another context, another. Uh, to write curriculum for uh, and then there's there's a group of us that work on the more theoretical work of okay, how do we expand this piece? How do we make this more significant? you know how do we delve deeper into this part? Um, and then taking that and incorporating it into you know public and private classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's just you know there's just a group of us that are constantly tossing ideas back and forth Um, like we'll get together and we'll do jam sessions and brainstorming sessions and we'll come up with some really amazing stuff and then it usually takes about five to six months to develop it into what a person sees (laughs) Like when they come and take a class. Yeah. Um, For myself, uh, like my next, the projects I'm currently working on are, uh, I'm working on a pair of books. um, One which is, they're companion books. So one which is how to recover from being harmed. And the second one is how to recover from having done harm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know what the title is going to end up. Uh, uh, the current working title is um, I'm sorry is not enough.
0: Hmm. Uh, right. As as opposed to like beyond I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you said, working title.
1: Working title. Working title. Uh, so, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, uh, I'm working on a developmental model of consent, as we we con- we nodded before uh, and uh, we're continuing to build and grow the consent for leadership curriculum that we have. so mm-hmm. that's again another of how we do this, like right? how we create change, which is to to try to work at a higher intervention point. Mm-hmm. right You know teaching leadership how to be consensual filters down to everybody they lead, everybody they work with, their constituency and their communities. Uh, And so it's uh, part of how we're trying to make a difference uh, is to to educate folks, but also to educate the folks who educate folks. Yeah. And educate folks who make policy decision Um, and deal with difficulties and consent incidents and all those other pieces um, so that they can act from a greater place of understanding and thus build a a more consensual culture. Awesome. So lots of work to do.
0: Lots of work to do. That's my takeaway as well. Um, Great. Well, did you have any closing comments about things we could do that could distill eight hours of closing comments into eight minutes (laughs) or less (laughs) or less. Um, it's,
1: it's do one thing. Like, you know, we, we, we've talked in previous episodes about why consent is hard and why consent is important and some of the stuff that goes into that. Um, I think for this, it's, it's go and do one thing. Like pick some, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. Just one thing to live a more consensual life. One thing to build a little bit of consent culture in your own personal space. And like we said, if everybody just did that one little thing, that's the revolution.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's how we change the world. One tiny individual step at a time.
0: Yeah. It really is the 2% a day kind of deal. Yeah. Small improvements.
1: Yeah. And like we talked about in the previous session, we're fighting against a lot. Like there's a, there's a lot of highly entrenched systemic legacy patterns in our culture, in our world, and often in our psyche, we can do something about that. We can't change the whole thing. And it gets incredibly frustrating sometimes as you watch the backsliding or the the pushback, the systemic mm-hmm. pushback mm-hmm. you get against change. But we just do that one thing you just do that one little thing move the conversation forward bring consent do more education read a book whatever it is do one thing and all we need is seven billion people to do one consensual thing and we'll have consent culture
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Sar.
1: Thank you so much, Victor. These were great conversations.
0: So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash victorsalmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie, Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well.